Peace, power, and prosperity, family. This is the mid of Chicago crypto hustler, Bitcoin Block Bully, coming to you once again with a crypto update. Um, now, this is going to be one of the, I believe, second videos added to my Bit Patreon page. Um, also, it will be a recording available on the New Money Matrix podcast, available on iTunes, Spotify and anchor.fm now what we're going to be going over is what is DeFi understanding the decentralized finance landscape this is an article that was brought to us by Blockonomy um, which is a website that keeps individuals updated on the comings and goings within the crypto space they have a pretty good breakdown so what I'm going to do is I'm going to cover their article and add my own commentary as I understand it. Let me put this on mute so it doesn't cut out any of my words. There we go. Now, moving right along into the story. What is DeFi? Understanding the decentralized finance landscape. It goes on to state. Decentralized finance, also known as DeFi, has been making waves over the last several months following the surge in platforms and products offering DeFi services. Decentralized lending platform MakerDAO has risen to prominence amid impressive adoption of a stablecoin DAI, which is only part of the subset of a growing ecosystem driving unstoppable finance. Lending protocols, security tokens, derivatives, exchanges, and more, Ethereum's DeFi landscape is playing out as one of its most profound application environments so far, despite the network scaling woes, meaning its ability to transact X amount of transactions um, within a certain amount of time. That's the biggest thing within the cryptocurrency space is the scaling um, issue. It goes on to state, Understanding DeFi can become convoluted, convoluted, excuse me, with so much innovation currently ongoing. So let's look at some of the critical components of the blossoming ecosystem. And I believe this is one of the best breakdowns I've come across, um, along with the earlier one that I did. First and foremost, what is DeFi? DeFi is essentially just conventional financial tools built on a blockchain, specifically, specifically in this instance, Ethereum. They are mostly predicated on open source protocols or modular frameworks for creating and issuing digital assets and are designed to confer notable advantages of operating on a public blockchain like censorship resistance and improved access to financial services. Decentralizing everything is not a prudent move and many DeFi applications take this into account by offering hybrid digital assets traditional financial services such as BlockFi, an alternative term that is more encompassing of the ongoing focus on financial products is open finance, where an ecosystem of integrated digital assets, blockchains, and open protocols are ingre what is that? ingradiating themselves, ingradiating themselves with conventional financial structures. Just to make sure. 
ingrati ingratiating, excuse me. Let me see. Yeah, so ingratiating is intended to gain approval or favor. Psychopathic. Psychophanic, excuse me. Psychophanic. So intended to gain approval or favor. So um, it says that it, the alternative term that is more encompassing of ongoing focus on financial products is open finance, where an ecosystem of integrating digital assets, where integrated digital assets, blockchains, and open protocols, right, are uh, intended to gain approval or favor themselves with conventional financial structures. The striking shift in Ethereum's application narrative has coincided with the sheer popularity of open financial tools on the products. For example, a recent report by Blockboard and open lending protocols highlighted that active outstanding loans, excuse me, for example, a recent report by Blockboard and open lending protocols highlighted that active outstanding loans from four open lending protocols being MakerDAO, Dharma, DYDX, and Compound Finance rose 1,200% in 2018 to reach $72 million. Those are the amount of loans they have out. So, what exactly are some of the primary open, open financial sectors on Ethereum? Let's look at some of the most popular. Open lending protocols, issuance platforms and investing, prediction markets, which is what DYDX is, and exchanges in open place markets and stable coins. Open lending programs. Excuse me, protocols. Open lending protocols have probably achieved more recent attention than any other categories of open finance on Ethereum. Largely due to the meteoric rise in the use of DAI and other peer-to-peer protocols like Dharma and liquidity pools designed such as compound finance, decentralized lending is making significant noise. Open decentralized lending offers numerous advantages over traditional credit structures including, number one, Integration with digital assets, lending and borrowing, meaning that the amount of digital assets that you have, you can not only lend those, you can borrow against the asset itself, which goes into the next phase, collateralization of digital assets, meaning collateralizing it and being able to secure a loan from that collateralization, instant transaction settlement and novel secured lending methods, no credit checks whatsoever meaning broader access to people that cannot tap into traditional services, and standardization and interoperability. And it can also reduce costs with automation. So one of the key, key things that they went over, um, brushed against, but um, they may go over it later on in the article, is not only no credit checks, the permissionless of the platform. So whereas there's no age limit to using MakerDAO. There's no age limit to creating a collateralized debt position. There's no credit check that's needed. There's no ID that needs to be brandished, flashed, copied, or name or identification number that needs to be inputted in order for you to utilize these services. Anyone in the world can do them as long as you have a smart device, be it a phone, tablet, laptop, PC, and internet access. That's all that's needed. Story goes on to say, secure lending using open protocols like MakerDAO and Dharma are designed to rely on the trust minimization that Ethereum affords to reduce counterparty risk without requiring an intermediary, meaning there's no middleman needed. 
This is accomplished via the basic cryptographic verification methods prevalent on public blockchains. Open protocol lending is entirely restricted to public blockchains like Ethereum and has some intriguing long-term implications for expanding financial inclusions across the globe. Um, MakerDAO is the most prominent decentralized lending protocol. Soaring in popularity in 2019, so, met, so much the multiple stability fee rallies raises, excuse me, have been proposed to maintain parity with this DAI, USD price peg, caused by scaling problems. Meaning that, um, go back and read it over, MakerDAO was and still is one of the most prominent lending protocols um, available as of right now. Now, the popularity came um, in light of the stability fee raises that have been placed on the platform for utilizing the collateralized debt positions in the DAI stablecoin. When we first started, I believe interest was 1%. Now it's up to like 19%, if I'm not mistaken. Still in the grand scheme of things of being completely sovereign in your commercial affairs, being able to transact privately, um, small fee in my opinion. Other lending services that leverage digital assets, including BlockFi, which enables users to lend and borrow digital assets, but employs familiar credit models like credit checks and a company processing loan requests behind the scenes. Next, you have issuing platforms, issuance platforms, excuse me, and investing. Issuing platforms encompass a broad range of platforms, including several exchanges that double as issuance mediums, i.e. T0. A significant portion of issuance platforms is honing in on the security token market, where pending regulation and the promise of more flexible securities is becoming quickly is quickly becoming a widespread narrative in the crypto space. Well-known security token issuance platforms like Polymath and Harbor provide a framework, tools, and resources for issuers to launch tokenized securities on a blockchain. They prepare their own standardized token contracts for securities, i.e. ST20 and R-Token, that enable automated compliance and customizable trade parameters to meet regulatory requirements. Similarly, they are integrated with service providers such as broker deals, custodians, legal entities, and more to assist issuers in their process. Dual exchanges it dual exchanges and issuance platforms include the likes of T0 from Overstock, which recently went live. Asset management platforms such as Melonport have also gained traction, offering a front-end digital asset management interface built on IPFS and a back-end that runs on Ethereum smart contracts. Melonport integrates price feeds, risk management, compliance, exchanges, and more. Issuance platforms and investment management frameworks are likely to increase in prevalence rapidly as more participants enter open finance, particularly institutions. Speaking on institutional money coming into the space and starting to utilize some of these platforms and protocols. Next, you have decentralized prediction markets. Decentralized prediction markets are one of the more compelling components of open finance that are highly complex but offer enormous potential. Augur launched last year to much fanfare as a censorship-resistant prediction market based on Ethereum and other protocols like Gnosis are set to follow suit. Prediction markets have long been popular financing tools for hedging risk and speculating on world events, and decentralized prediction markets allow for the same, but rather with cryptocurrencies and no ability to censor the markets. 
No censorship inevitability leads to concerns over dead pools for assassinations, but many view those as collateral risk and comes with no censorship. Auger sites is used for everything from political and weather forecasting to hedging all type of risk in financial or adverse real-world events. Auger has struggled to attain significant volume since its launch, mainly due to the high barrier to entry for using a decentralized prediction market. That being said, markets like Augur and Gnosis, which is planning and offering features, which is planning on offering features like governance and micro insurance products, should gain more favor as cryptocurrencies gain more exposure and mainstream users begin to re- realize their full potential. Exchanges and open marketplaces. Exchanges and open finance primarily regard decentralized exchanges or DEX protocols and peer-to-peer marketplaces. First, DEX are peer-to-peer exchanges oh, excuse me, of assets on Ethereum between two parties where no third party acts as an intermediary in a transaction such as Coinbase or other centralized exchanges. I'm going to read that again. DEXs, or DEX, anytime you see the, the uh, acronym, are peer-to-peer exchanges, meaning from me to you, you to me, you and another div- individual, of assets on the Ethereum Meaning, whatever digital token has been created on the Ethereum blockchain, be it an ERC-20 token, ERC-721, whatever the case may be, um, between two parties where no third party acts as the intermediary, that means no middleman has anything to do with the transaction, such as Coinbase, which I know a lot of individuals use and have the misconception that that is your wallet when it is not. Um, DEXs suffer from lack of volumes due to their more obscure nature and non-friendly user interface and as such, are still in the early stages of adoption. And this only stands true, well, I guess in the grand scheme of things, when you look at human psychology and the way the brain works and mind works and how we have been pretty much brainwashed and indoctrinated on how to work, how to form thoughts, how to operate in life, you do need some of the more simpler interfaces when utilizing new technology because a lot of people aren't going to get it. Now, to me, it seems pretty straightforward and simple, but... Everyone's mind doesn't or brain doesn't work the same. Um, it goes on to say, DEXs are used, also use some highly innovative methods of swapping tokens, such as atomic swaps, which is key, such as the, um, the swap on interface, which I believe is just, what is it, Uniswap? If not Uniswap, it is Kyber Network, which are decentralized exchanges, EtherDelta, Ether um, StellarX, just to name a few. Um... It goes on to state, DEXs are also, also use some highly innovative methods for swapping tokens such as atomic swaps and non-custodial, meaning they do not hold means for exchanging one asset for another with minimal settlement time or risk. The consistently most popular DAP on Ethereum is IDEX, a decentralized exchange, and others such as EtherDelta, which I was just stated, have been in the mainstream news cycle before, albeit for adverse regulatory developments ushered by the SEC. Many DEXs make dubious claims that they are truly decentralized or non-custodial, so that it, is, it is always prudent or important to do your own research, which is due diligence, before using them. Some DEXs we have cons- covered on Blockonomy uh, ah, are the Binance DEX, Radar Relay, and EtherDelta, which I may do a more in-depth look at those also as I go into decentralized exchanges. Other types of open marketplaces emphasize the exchange of non-fungible tokens often referred to as crypto collectibles, such like crypto kitties in the land you can create in Decentraland, which I'm going to get into. 
Platforms like OpenSea and Rarebits facilitate the exploration, discovery, and buying and selling of crypto assets that range from NFTs in games like CryptoKitties to virtual and parcels in the Ethereum-based game Decentraland. Some marketplaces like District OX, even District OX, District OX, didn't they have a movie called District OX? Hold on. I thought it was a District OX the movie. Maybe not. District 9, that's what it was. Okay. Hmm. Anyways, some marketplaces like District OX even let users create their own marketplaces and vote on governance procedures. District's OX meme factory is expected to launch soon. Peer-to-peer marketplaces on Ethereum have substantially long-term potential and could eventually encompass markets for native digital assets and tokenized real-world assets like fractionalized paintings listed side-by-side. Next, you have stablecoins. Stablecoins have flooded the cryptocurrency markets recently with new models for issuing tokens, auditing their reserves, and managing their price pegs. Stablecoins are just blockchain-issued tokens designed to maintain a stable peg with an outside asset, mostly the USD, but also sometimes gold or another asset. Stablecoins primarily fall into three categories. You have the crypto collateralized, the fiat collateralized, and then the non-collateralized. Crypto collateralized stablecoins include maker dies, makers die, while the underlying assets, Ethereum, is over collateralized against the loan asset, die, based on the current collateralization ratio. So, if the ratio is 150%, then depositing $150 worth of Ethereum into the MakerDAO will return 100 DAI. Interestingly, Maker only is comprised, composed of borrowers since the protocol is the lender and mints burns the DAI token based on the CDP, which is the collateralized debt position and governance parameters. DAI is unusual because it is a censorship resistant and can offer decentralized leverage. Now, what's interesting about this? Is that it is allowing you to act in the capacity of creditor and debtor. Let me see. What is this? Maker for Dummies, a plain English explanation of the die stablecoin. Let me go ahead and save this. I may come back and do a build on this also. If I didn't already, I may have done Maker for Dummies already. Um, moving right along. Fiat collateralized stablecoins are by far the most popular and include regulatory compliant and audited coins like Tether. USDC, and Gemini dollars. The models for these stablecoins do not differ very much at all, and they rely on their users trusting them by providing transparent audits that their USD reserves can back the current circulating supply of the token to maintain the price peg. Fiat collateralized stablecoins don't rely don't really make sense from a cyberpunk perspective as they remove the advantages of public blockchain-based cryptocurrency and add a layer of risk. Companies behind these stablecoins, pay attention to what they're saying about the fiat-backed stablecoins family and what I've been telling you about the collateralized-backed stablecoins or crypto-collateralized. Companies behind these stablecoins earn revenue from the interest earned on the deposited funds in USD. From users that they store in a bank, from users that they store in a bank account, fiat collateralized stablecoins are supposed to be redeemable at a one-to-one ratio with their peg, the United States dollar. However, due to competition in the marketplace, some intriguing analysts 
indicates that interest rates may may become the next competitive trend in the stablecoin market, effectively diminishing margins for stablecoin providers and benefiting consumers. Non-collateralized stablecoins are neither centralized nor over-collateralized with crypto assets and instead rely on contractions, contractions and expansions of the supply based on the algorithm to maintain a stable peg. Basis with the flagship examples such as a stablecoin but stumbled and shut down following regular, regular, regulatory concerns with its model late last year. Um, once again, Basis was the flagship example of such a stablecoin. But it stumbled and failed because regulatory reasons. Now, in conclusion, there are many more types of participants, services, and products in the DeFi and open finance ecosystem, including custodians, infrastructure platforms, insurance, and payment avenues. It is always prudent to do your own research and understand the DeFi products often involve high-risk assets and uncertain and unprecedented platforms. However, They present a compelling glimpse into a future of digital assets, blockchains, and conventional financial systems interoperating with each other in an open and accessible environment. Now, real momentarily for those that are able to watch, not so much those that will be listening in on the New Money Matrix podcast. In fact, mm, I'll leave it open. I was gonna I was gonna end the new money matrix podcast and just leave it as the uh, article, but I'll add on this extra commentary. So real quick, what I'm gonna look over are a couple of um, decentralized finance um, protocols. Let's get, let's get Dharma, uh, Dharma brought up. Also DYDX, the exchange. Here we go. So first and foremost, we're looking at MakerDAO. This is the CDP portal. Welcome to the collateralized debt position portal. This is the place to generate DAI. Use this DAP from Maker Team to manage deposit, to manage depositing of collateral and generation of DAI. And as you can see, you can connect it to MetaMask, the Ledger Nano S, and your treasure. So let's go ahead and connect it to MetaMask and let's see what it looks like on the inside. So we can see we have a certain amount of Ethereum, DAI, and Maker. Let's see. Oh, hold on. Get that brought up. Let me... What are we looking for? There we go. Now, so what it shows you is your available balance in Ethereum, your available balance in DAI, and your available balance in MKR. Now, you have to unlock each one of these with a small amount of gas. The price of Ethereum right now is $256. The price of pooled Ethereum is um, versus Ethereum is one to uh, 1.041 to one. The price of Dai is one dollar to one USD, and Maker right now is six hundred and seventy-six dollars and twenty-seven cents. So if we were to open a CDP, we can see right here that how much ETH would you like to collateralize? Let's say we wanted to collateralize one Ethereum right now with at two hundred and fifty-six dollars in ethereum max die available to generate will be 170 now with me collateralizing one ethereum and it being 256 bucks as far as the appreciation or the valuation of the asset monetary valuation of the asset itself with 250 i would probably pull out close 
nothing over $125 as to leave my debt to collateral ratio very low. Um, liquid liquidation penalty right now is 13%. So if you get liquidated, they're going to take what they owe or what you owe to yourself as well as a 13% penalty fee. Now, if we head over to Instadap, a more easier or friendly user interface, um, this is built on top of the MakerDAO uh, platform. And as you can see, you have your total assets, net assets, contract wallet, the last activity. Um, now, within the Instadap, they also have the built-in swap where you can swap out different coins. And they also have the unit swap pools where you can pull together assets and gain interest. Now, I'm going to be doing a further video on BitPatreon, actually utilizing each one of these platforms, showing how to create a CDP. For those that aren't able to get into any of the workshops, you can um, simply donate the monthly subscription to the Patreon page, and I'll be walking you through step-by-step -step how to do each one of these processes. So I'm going to be um, showing you how to utilize Instadap, MakerDAO. Um, let's move over to Compound Finance which is a platform that allows you to gain interest on your digital assets. Um, in this instance, you can see you get 0.08% if you hold basic attention token. You get 9.26% if you hold DAI, 2.62% for Augur, 0.1% for Wrapped ETH, and point, uh, well, 0.17, excuse me, and 0.19% for OX or ZRX. Now, depending on what your supply balance is, you'll also have an available balance to borrow against your collateralized asset. And then you'll see the borrow balance right here. Now, if we move along, let's see, what are we looking at now? Let's pull up Dharma. Experience magical internet money. As we can see right now, Dharma... On the borrow and lend side of DAI is 14%. That's one. Wow. Um, borrowing Ethereum, you borrowed at a 0.1%. You lend it at 2.5%. Okay. Um, USDC, which is a stable back dollar, dollar for dollar, you lend it at 8%. You borrow it at 8%. Um, and this is just a way for you to grow your cryptocurrency holdings. So... It says, get your hands on a crypto loan in minutes, no bank account, no credit checks. Facts. With Passport, you're always in control. Dharma doesn't touch your crypto. We just provide the means to move it through this magical thing called a blockchain. Let me see. Viewer Analytics Dashboard. Right now, they got 10 million borrowed, 14 million offered. Wow. And they're backed by Y Com Combinator, Coinbase, and Polychain Capital. Fairly easy to get started. Moving right along to DYDX, the most powerful open trading platform for crypto assets. Now, it says with DYDX, you can trade, meaning you can open, short, or leverage positions with leverage up to 4x. You can also trade on margin with borrowed capital. Wow. You can borrow any supported asset directly to your wallet. Use existing crypto holdings as collateral. You can lend, meaning you deposit funds to continuously earn interest over time. Variable interest ensures you always get market break. And you can manage. You can view, manage, and close margin positions. Track portfolio performance over time also. Now, why trade with DYDX? It's trustless. Trade with no counterparty risk. Remain in control of your funds at all time. 
is liquid, DYDX aggregates spot and lending liquidity across multiple exchanges. It'll be, um, let me see, powerful. Trade on margin with up to 4x leverage. Back your port positions with any supported collateral right there. Um, accessible, no sign-up required. Start trading immediately from anywhere in the world. And secure. Powered by the Ethereum smart contracts. Built and audited by the best, so they say. So, um... Anderson Howowitz, DYDX is focused on these things. Okay, so they got commentary from Anderson Howowitz, which is a um, a venture capital. And let's see, let's look at the interface real quick before we end this. Let's go take a look at the interface. Also, let's take a look at Dharma's interface. I did forget to do that. Let's go to start borrowing. So, first name, last name, email, and then you would create an account. DYDX, as you can see, you have DAI, Ethereum. We got your wallet balances. Um, this is the leverage, 1x, 2x, 3x, 4x. You can customize your leverage also, it seems. Wow. You can long or short an asset over here. Mm, this is interesting. So, what all assets? Let's look at the markets. Ethereum, DAI, USDC. You can deposit and borrow against it. Let's see, place order. Right now, they are trading in Ethereum, so you can long and short Ethereum as of right now, it seems. Now, is this the only coin that we can short and long? Let me see. Let me try to make sure. No new notifications. What is this? Chat box. So yeah, as of right now, it seems that you can long and short Ethereum only. But, I mean, with the amount of gains that we've seen come out of Ethereum lately, I mean, this right here is, is actually a very good look, especially since you can 4x leverage it, meaning whatever you start with, they will multiply times 4. So if you have 100, you get 400, 300 or 200, depending on the amount of leverage you want to use. So family, I hope that this, um, in closing, I hope that this article was a nice introduction as well as the added commentary that I gave with the examples of uh, some of the platforms they mentioned. Um, do stay tuned to the Bit Patreon. We should be fully up and running by June. Right now, I'm just getting started with a couple of videos. I'll be adding on momentarily uh, a couple of startup videos. Just so that when individuals come over here, it'll be a nice amount for them to already get started with. Not waiting for me to drop video after video, you know. I want to have at least five locked in on the um for the subscriber side so until the next video um this is the bitcoin block bully peace power and prosperity family i am out of here